I'm Stephanie. And I'm Rachel. And this is Neurodivergent Voices, the podcast amplifying the voices and lived experience of the neurodivergent community. We're licensed occupational therapists who specialize in the brain and are neurodivergent ourselves. Join us every so often in this podcast that is for you and by you, the neurodivergent community. If you're interested in learning more about neurodiversity and joining a vibrant community of neuro-inclusive adults, head to our website, divergecommunity.com. Interested in an interview? Email divergecs at gmail.com to get it scheduled. Let's get to it. In this episode, you're going to hear from Ikan. Ikan is a self-proclaimed Swedish science nerd with pathological demand avoidance, autism and ADHD, alexithymia, and RSD. She's committed most of her adult life to researching neurodiversity and is now a strong educator and advocate online. Listen in. All right. Are you ready? I am ready. As ready as I can be. Absolutely. All right. So we're going to start out by having you introduce yourself and let us know where you're calling in from. Right, right. Do you want like a total introduction of everything with your diagnosis and everything? Let's just start with your name and where you live, and then we'll All dive right. in for the next one. Well, my name is uh, Ikan, but everyone abroad calls me Ikan, and that's great. So you can do that if you want. And I'm calling you from Sweden. Wow. Exciting. Our first international mm-hmm. person. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Well, your English is very good. Um, whereabouts in Sweden are you calling from? At the very bottom. The bottom. Very bottom. The, the very, very bottom of Sweden. Very close to Denmark. Ooh. <gasps> I mm-hmm. think I told you before, but one of my good friends lives in Stockholm. So we're oh, yeah, yeah. on that six hour lap lapse, <laughs> I guess. Oh, no, this is a um, very small village. We are like two or three hundred people here. Uh, I'm on the countryside of Sweden. Nice. Well, all of your TikTok videos, it looks like you are in some sort of like whimsical oasis where you are. So it's very beautiful. (laughs) Like there could be fairies dancing around you. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's the the vibe. I definitely, um, I am an outdoorsy kind of person. uh, Van life wannabe. True, true, sweet. <laughs> so yes, I do all my stuff uh, outdoors. Oh, jealous! <laughs> yeah, we were just outside, and there's something about being in nature that is just feels right. Mm-hmm. It does. It is. It is. And I always recommend it to people I try to help because of the release of the slow dopamine while walking in nature. Exactly. And serotonin also. Yeah, yeah. the sunlight and serotonin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. It's a good mix. It is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's vitamin D. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just wanting to, uh, because this is going to be an audio recording, if you wanted to give like a visual description of what you look like so that people can kind of imagine that. We can right. do front on our end. All right, right. So being from Sweden, I'm kind of pale, kind of like Casper the Ghost. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> I have colored dark hair and gray eyes and I always wear black glasses because I love my glasses I think they make me look smart and I'm kind, <laughs> on, the, I'm kind of on the heavy side but like in a in a good sturdy way mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know how to describe that 
Yeah, I would say I am very similar with just red hair. <laughs> and black, and black, black glasses. glasses. The black glasses. I am very similar in the description with just red hair. <laughs> dyed red hair, not natural. Yeah, same as me. Dyed, dyed black hair. I'm usually, mm-hmm. I'm a blonde. but uh, Really? Me. Ah. Super blonde. Super blonde. Stereotypically uh, Swedish. Okay. Ah. Hmm. The black hair looks natural on you, though. It does. It does look natural. Oh, thank you. I didn't know. I work a lot with that. Good, good, good. (laughs) Well, a quick visual description for myself. Um, I'm also, for me, pretty pale, but my baseline is kind of more of an olive. Yeah. Um, I have Mm -hmm. dark brown hair that's pulled back in a bun, which pretty much always is. And I'm wearing an orange tank top and black sweatpants and I've been wearing this outfit for the past three days <laughs> because when you find something that's cozy you just stick with it sometimes yeah safe clothes yeah safe clothes exactly safe clothes, yeah. well wonderful so ecan is that am I saying that correct it doesn't bother me in which way you are saying it just do what's comfortable for you Okay. I, appreciate, I appreciate that. Um, and, I mean, who wouldn't want to be called I can? I'm just saying. <laughs> I can do it. Yes, <laughs> I can do. It. It's a great. It's a great part. So I, mean, I just wanted to really quickly maybe tell why I'm just calling in uh, with audio. Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Please. All right. Um, I was born with dyspraxia of speech, and I didn't really speak until I was five. I had hyperlexia, so I could like um, read immensely. But I didn't speak and they put me in speech therapy when I was six. I still do stutter and jumble and fumble a lot if I feel that I'm not in control. So when I'm on camera in a new situation, I lose that control and I start to stutter even more. So this is just a more comfortable way for me to communicate. Hmm. I love that description. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and I can tell that you have really good self-awareness around that and and kind of what Mm -hmm. are some triggers for you Mm -hmm. um so thank you for sharing because I'm sure other people can relate to that and Mm -hmm. you're helping normalize Mm -hmm. that yeah we don't need to adhere to any expectations so exactly all right (laughs) so can you share a little bit or a lot of bit whatever you prefer about (laughs) yourself and how you spend your time all right I'm going to dive right into with the, hello, I'm autistic. Perfect. This is my whole, this is my whole personality. Perfect. I am um, considered uh, level two. We still have the level systems here in Sweden. Uh, some other people call it support levels, but here we call it the level system still. Level two, PDH, autistic person with ADHD combined form. I have alexithymia and RSD. Uh, what I do is that I actually work with people other people um, that are like on the spectrum or bipolar or have borderline and in my free time I'm starting I'm trying to start an online safe community for other neurodivergents like myself or people who differ from me uh, where they can seek acceptance and strive to be their best them not in a coachy holistic jumbo mumble jumbo way mm-hmm. just like in an accepting way and of course and of course science my um my tiktoks and my facebook and everything there are some fun skits there of course but i'm mainly based around science and stats because yeah. i want people to uh, understand 
the depth of of being autistic and having ADHD, not like the genetics and everything of it. You know, so you mentioned a few abbreviations that Mm -hmm. we're familiar with, um, but our podcast, we have a lot of listeners that are very new to this world of neurodiversity and may not be as familiar. So I'm wondering if you could share a little bit about, you said uh, PDA, was one that you mentioned RSD RSD could all you right. I can do I can do all three yeah mm-hmm. thank you <laughs> so uh, PDA is pathological demand avoidance and it's a profile of autism it's actually a it's a way of life um mm-hmm. and to simply explain it you are want you're going to want to do things your way or the highway uh you are like anxiety driven and things and expectations and praise and it gives it gives you anxiety so you you do want to be in control all the time so that's like the pda profile of autism Mm -hmm. when it comes to alexithymia it's the inability to recognize your own feelings and the inability to express your own feelings um that comes in mild moderate and severe i have moderate so i'm kind of i'm a bit of a bot and a lot of people with alexithymia are either wise mind based or logic mind based mm-hmm. i am logic mind based uh with uh, but i do dream a lot and that's not common for people with alexithymia mm-hmm. like me mm-hmm. so that's nice and rsd is rejection sensitivity dysphoria it's kind of what it sounds like the fear mm-hmm. of being rejected see here it starts rejected or you know this feeling when you go into a room and you're like there maybe they're talking about me mm-hmm. they're looking at me mm-hmm. uh, it's more in depth of of course than just that but these are the basic of the three uh, things I mentioned <laughs> I hope that makes sense yes yes thank you for sharing um those are all the three of those subjects are my special interests as Rachel oh, can yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't think we just have ever talked about it on our podcast so no. thank you for putting a definition to those abbreviations with probably much more grace than I could have done. Oh, thank you. That's so <laughs> cute of you. Do you mind if I dig in just a little bit deeper because I am not as familiar as you two are? Mm-hmm. Um, but with alexithymia, I'm familiar mm-hmm. with it as a concept, but you you kind of categorize it into two distinct groups where you said logic base and wise, logic or wise mind. Is that what you said? Yeah, well, what, what be, is that? But, <laughs> when we talk about alexithymia and not having alexithymia, um, if you have if you have a deep connections with your feelings, you can be you you are an emotionally based person. You can connect with other people. You feel what other people feel. You understand other people's feelings. You get sad when they are sad, etc. If you are wise based, it's then you have a little bit of both. Uh, you can connect somewhat and share both feelings and wisdom with other people. But if you're logical based, you will offer solutions instead of emotional support. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And that's where I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Interesting. I'll um, give solutions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead. Thank you for thank you for clarifying and defining that further. You just set off a little aha moment in my brain that I'm going to explore mm-hmm. later to myself. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I actually had a girl just the other day. She was like, oh, I don't have this and this. I'm like, I have a video about this. And then she came back and was like, I have alexithymia. 
Yeah. Told you. Yeah. Um. These are these are um. It, it needs to be spoken about more, like RSD, like society, MFP, all all these sub things that uh, that are connected with ADHD and autism. It needs to be spoken about a lot more. Agree. It definitely changes your approach on different things. Because just even with alexithymia being a spectrum of just different mm-hmm. ways you interpret mm-hmm. information. Um, a lot of mine is the expression based, where I have difficulty mm-hmm. expressing feelings. I know mm-hmm. how I feel. I like logically can feel the feels, um, but I can't put into definitions or words appropriately. Because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. word finding, because of my ADHD and dyslexia, is super difficult. So I agree that it's just, it helps to identify or have more people know about these other subconditions so that mm. they're aware of what challenges might be troublesome, but you know, that there is just understanding behind it. Yeah. And I want to add that, like with Alexa Simon, like you said, it's not that we don't have feelings. Like, of mm-hmm. course I have feelings. I just can't differentiate. I don't really know what's what. Mm-hmm. I do recognize the bigger feelings. I do recognize like anger, happy, but sometimes I can't differ between anger and, and sadness, for example. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think that even once in my life I've ever felt shame, for example. I'm sure I have it. I just don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that sounded weird, maybe. Yeah. I'm I'm curious specifically for you how you came to identify these specific profiles or trait within your autism is that something that you have been diagnosed or have researched on your own or both both okay um I started uh, my journey um about 20 years ago uh, with oh. the researching of the ADHD and autism because I was suspicious. And a couple of years later, I got like a couple of kids who were diagnosed really fast. So then I went down that rabbit hole for like 10 years and then I got officially diagnosed. I collected all my data, all my things that I had researched and said, hey, I think I have this. And they were like, oh, yeah, you do. And you you know more than we do. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I I was like a lot of women, like a lot yeah. of women, up to seventy five percent of women are was misdiagnosed, and and the number is still really high. Mm-hmm. And one of the most common misdiagnoses are um, borderline. So I was diagnosed with PTSD, borderline uh, depression, and like sleep problems, and mm-hmm. all of those mm-hmm. were things that I have now instead. Wow. Misdiagnosed. Yeah. Mm. I wish in general the medical system was just more aware, especially for females, as you're aware. I yes. mean, right part of the research in the beginning. So mm-hmm. it's hard for us to really have a stand when a lot of these practitioners got their information from back in the early 2000s and 90s when we yeah, yeah. Right. I- I think I went I, I went into the doctor's office so, and I was like, I know there's, there's bias here. I know that the research and the tests are based on white, white young males and I'm, I'm not having it. You have to hear me out. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. I'm a bit of a pushover when it comes to doctors. Yeah. And, and, you know, thinking about the diagnoses 
diagnosis is, I always, I don't know how to pluralize that word, but the (laughs) the multiple diagnosis that you were given initially, um, Mm -hmm. the approaches, the the treatment approach or the response to some Mm -hmm. of those can be so drastically different than that of autism and neurodiversity. And so it just kind of makes me go down this path of wondering, do you feel that any of kind of the typical approaches that you had with those diagnoses were helpful or harmful for you? I'm sorry, that's kind of a deeper question than I intended to throw out there. That's that's all right. One of the one of the benefits with my alexithymia is that you could ask me just about anything. Okay. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, Yes. I found a, a couple of things actually kind of harmful. I did go to cognitive behavior therapy because that is a really common one, right? They right. throw that at you for everything. And that actually enforced my masking a lot because it yeah. taught me how to act in in situations, how to like properly act in situations, yeah. uh, how to control myself in a masking way. And also uh, the medication, because they did throw a lot of medication on me, mm-hmm. sleeping pills and antidepressants and anti-anxiety medication. And as you probably know, a lot of us who are neurodivergent, we have a much, much higher risk to get addicted to these things because it's an easy way. It's an easy way out to yeah. fall asleep. It's an easy way to not have all these jumbled feelings or um, over sensations in your body so both of those things I think were extremely harmful actually so no I would I wouldn't say I had experience I have experienced a lot of good tips and tricks with the misdiagnosis I would say no I do know though I have a relative who were was misdiagnosed with bipolar and she was actually given a medication who raised both the noradrenaline the serotonin and the dopamine in the brain kind of kind of kind of like ADHD medication does so mm-hmm. it kind of helped her anyway hmm. um, but mm-hmm. it's a no from me it's a no <laughs> yeah it's a no <laughs> So I have I have no medications today at all. Yeah. Uh-huh. So what what do you or what have you um used to how do I how do I want to frame this question? What therapy or mindset change or lifestyle changes have enabled you to get to the point where you are now that you're not on medications? you are solidly identifying with a specific identity. Mm-hmm. Um, that's also a big loaded question I'm throwing on you. But as someone oh, who's wow. questions today, Rachel. I know, it's kind <laughs> of cool, but like, I just feel like she can take them and she's giving such thoughtful responses. So like, I'm like, I want to know because I'm someone who, I don't think I've been, I'm not necessarily misdiagnosed, but diagnoses have been missed. And I have been also thrown onto medications Mm -hmm. and various therapies and responses that I'm learning now may not have helped or may have even harmed me. Mm -hmm. And so I'm looking for, I guess, some hope (laughs) people that have been on the other side and been like, hey, once I figured this out, things got better. Well, Actually, I, I did go through a lot of different therapies in, in a search for health, uh, the Freudian ones, the CBT, the everything. But what helped me in the end was a combination of 
a lot of biological and scientific research, right? A mm -hmm. lot of research um, behind the, how we work biologically, um, what affects the brain, the, the raised blood sugar levels, the raised bacteria in the stomach. And also I did a, such a deep dive into social constructs, social yeah. norms, history, and the combination of science and the realization that everything, almost everything was made up, if that makes sense. Yes. That's, yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's the thing that actually helped me. I was like, okay, okay, there's science that actually points out that we used to have a place in the world, like a real place. Yeah. There are there are scientists that claim that autistic people kept the normies alive by don't eat that, don't go there. And there are scientists that claims that people with ADHD were people who pushed the flock forward. And now when we are living in a high technological, in majority neurotypical society, it's not always that we um, differ so much. It's not, it's not that we are so weird, but we don't have a place anymore. Uh, mm. And this now, now I'm speaking for level one and two. I do not want to take away the voices from level three. I know that's a whole different story. So I'm not speaking uh, for the level three community. They have their own voices that I'm not going to step on. Mm -hmm. uh, but but for me, uh, when I came to that realization, like, oh, I'm just born in the wrong time. I have this body. I have all these uh, reactions. I have all these sensory issues that I actually once upon a time maybe should have use of but mm -hmm. I don't anymore then it, it the, the acceptance became super real for me so now I'm kind of looking above it all about I'm, I'm looking at the people they're living their lives or following their norms and I don't know it's uh, it's kind of baffling now nowadays uh, have you ever like thought about people are so sure of everything they they live for like <laughs> when they live for 20 or 30 years and they're like this is the way and I'm like, and then I step in and I say you know what it was like 50 years ago 100 years ago I don't know perspective wow now I'm uh, now I'm on a rant here I, no <laughs> keep going I'm going right down with you into this rant <laughs> <laughs> but I hope it, I hope it makes sense I hope it makes sense uh yeah so if you connect these two and can like kind of see above it all uh, you will accept yourself in a whole other fashion if you just don't conform to these made-up constructs and norms don't do it it's a trap yeah it's a distraction you know that it's really powerful because typically when we're thinking about mental health or our our state of well-being we think mm -hmm. about what treatment can we do to fit in to the society right. more, to have these symptoms not impact our ability to be successful in our job, yeah. our society, right? But when you take a step back and really focus on strengths that we as autistic folks have and our ability mm -hmm. to rationalize, to take and, and, and use information and to kind of harness these greater understandings from that, we're able to see that like the only true reason that we as, and, and I'm, I appreciate your distinction between the levels. So yeah. that I, and that you experience is secondary to trying to fit a mold that I was not made 
to fit, right? Trying to fit into a society Mm -hmm. that is set up for others. And so Mm -hmm. when you can appreciate that and take a step back and realize, like you said, this is all made up, this is all arbitrary, Mm -hmm. then with time, it sounds like those challenges that we experience decrease. Right? It's like my husband told me the other day, he was looking at me because I have... uh, we call it sensory issues, right? I I cannot I cannot uh, oh my English I cannot remove so I hear everything yeah mm-hmm. I hear everything 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 and that would have been maybe such a useful skill like a thousand years ago five hundred years yeah. ago yeah yeah so, so my so from... my my husband the other day he was looking at me and it dawned on him and he was like I understand why you're so tired nowadays. Nothing is ever quiet nowadays. Mm. There's freaking sound everywhere. There's traffic. There's so much people. There's so much going on in the world all the time. And my system was not built for that. Yeah. So, you know, we have to have perspective on everything. So I'm I'm done. I'm not doing the fitting in thing mm. at all. And I am actively a bit pushy, maybe, promoting the lifestyle of being you. To mm. other people, uh, and I feel that I'm getting a lot of positive response. I mean, my online journey is quite new, but it's go- I'm growing fast. It's going good. Yeah, mm-hmm. it really is. I mean, obviously, that's how we met you and 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 found mm-hmm. out about you. And you know, every video that you post really has like <laughs> this kind of profound. I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but I think they really resonate with people because it comes from this place of just like self self acceptance and ownership from you. Yes, There's like yeah. never any ounce of shame coming from that, and I think that that kind of inspires and rubs off on people too. It's like, wow, look at this individual just owning this mm-hmm. in a way that makes you feel like I can too. So yeah, you've been you've been a huge honestly, role model for me as I've been exploring my neurodivergence too. So keep it up. Yeah, that's exactly that's exactly what I want to do. Because I I hear people come to me like all the time now. And and they're like, because they have these voices inside of them. Yeah, uh, that want to shout and I'm like, here, here's the megaphone. Go ahead. (laughs) Go. I'm right behind you. Mm. Uh, Revolution. (laughs) Now. I God, I love that. Yeah. And at the same time, of course, I, I I accept those people who have some haven't come this far and the people who have been gaslighted by doctors, by family, by there's so much, right? There's so much these people have experienced. And so I try to guide and help the best I can in the time frame that fits them. Yeah. Because if you tell a kid the entire life that the sky is green, the sky is green, the sky is green, even when she grows up and it's like oh wait everyone is saying the sky is blue in the back of her head for the longest of time she might still think about the sky as a green sky do you understand right. that metaphor yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I like yeah. that right it takes it takes time and um I mean it's it's this is still early in my journey and so I'm able mm-hmm. to see it firsthand and starting to explore this within like my own social circles with my immediate family and friends and to Mm -hmm. see kind of the progression within me and also Mm -hmm. them of understanding like 
my most common response when I'm sharing this kind of stuff is confusion and denial. You know, it's like, <laughs> but wait, right? We hear this all the time, but wait, you don't look mm-hmm. like that. You don't, why would you think that, right? And so like my initial gut reaction to that is to be like defensive and be like, why do I always have to justify myself? But then right. coming from a place of understanding and seeing that, yeah, I'm telling them now the sky is green and they never saw it that way. Mm-hmm. Just try and use yeah. your mouth. Mm-hmm. And so, but I'm watching them progress to the space of how could you think that you're autistic? Like you, that they're, you're not a little boy covering your ears and screaming in a corner to mm-hmm. this point of, well, maybe I'm autistic too, or isn't everyone a bit autistic? And I think Oof. that there's still a step further that needs to happen of understanding that like, yes, we are all human and having this human experience, but no, we're not autistic because we can experience the same things as other people, but in a different way and in a more sometimes intense way. Mm -hmm. So I'm just really enjoying kind of this progression of understanding within myself and also that I'm seeing trickle in those around me of like, oh, wait a minute, my eyes are open now. (laughs) Yeah, in in somewhat, in some ways you can't blame them either there's there's yeah. not a lot of information about autism. if you don't have it if you don't have it in your family or in your kids or in your friends it's not a lot of information that attacks you here in sweden yeah. at least uh people the new teachers and everything will get like separate courses uh, to learn about autism and adhd mm. so that they can pick up these kids much earlier wow but it's a progress it's still a progress and um, there's also a lot of people can get triggered by us, I have noticed, by autistic people. Mm-hmm. So, like everyone has that. Everyone does that. And I always tell these people, this is a, maybe a bad example, but I tell these people, yeah, but everyone everyone goes to the bathroom also, right? But if you go like 50 times in one hour, you're right. different. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. You know, I think something that's been... less. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, something that I think that's so interesting in getting to learn and hear from you is the cultural difference too. And oh, yeah. the place mm-hmm. of um, understanding and acceptance that I think is more common mm-hmm. in European mm-hmm. countries in general compared to where the yeah. U.S. is. I feel like we are uh, always a few steps behind and kind of taking... Mm-hmm occasionally taking some guidance from from European countries, but not always. So a lot of the resources that we're using, the communities that we're finding are all thousands of miles away from us. Um, so I, in a sense, we are we are using, you know, the work that you're putting out and other creators like you as a template for creating some sort of social change and acceptance here. And obviously we're not doing this alone. But we feel like we are in this uphill battle constantly of not being understood and not, they're just, I'm not sure enough people care yet, <laughs> right? So we are, we are just in this place of trying to, it's not our, it's not our job to make people care, but to present material in such a way that it's interesting and people might care because it's interesting, right? And I've seen the cultural differences. My most of my followers are from the United States and they 
uh, I don't know if that's why they, they come to my profile. We don't have ABBA here. We don't have Autism Speaks. In our medical health care, we are given the option when we are diagnosed to call it a disability or call we we also given the option to call ourselves different abled or different minded. It's like in our medical criteria here. Uh, you can pick and choose in other ways that I feel you can't always do abroad. Uh, we have get to know your autism courses. We have like group therapy. It's not uh, cognit cognitive behavior therapy. It's just uh, like when my kid got diagnosed, uh, he was offered get to know your autism therapy, get to know your impulse therapy. And he was offered like, do you want to sit in a group with other autistic kids and talk together and like start a community? So we have stuff like that instead, but no ABBA, no autism speak, no holistic crap. Sorry, yeah. that, that's a trigger for me. That's a trigger <laughs> for me when people come like, let's metal detox. I made a whole video about that, oh. how dangerous it is with metal detox. And mm. yeah, so sorry, sorry. Okay. No, I'm no I, I feel that with, yeah, I have, I'm also a pediatric therapist and just hearing parents yeah. sometimes go, well, I'm just going to give my kids some active charcoal. Do you think, do oh. you think this will end like, and it's just baffling. I'm like, why, what, what did you just say? Why? Just don't, just don't. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah. I, I see a lot of cultural differences and I feel like um, I've met a lot of people who have come over to my side and said, okay, thank you. I, I thank mm -hmm. you for that. I actually also had a couple of mothers who had kids who were level one and two uh, cancel their uh, ABBA meetings. So that's wow. Nice. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that says a lot. Uh, you know, I think in the United States, we are so deeply, deeply ingrained within a medical model of pathologizing mm -hmm. everything. And so that informs what sort of supports are available. So for so long and still, still, mm -hmm. we have so much research funding going to finding cures, to finding, mm -hmm. um, yes, nutritional supplements and different ways and, and so little of just understanding community adaptation, modification. Mm -hmm. And so it's no wonder that there's so much shame around it because yeah, yeah. to be pathologized is to be defective, to be yeah. differed yeah. and to be in need of fixing. Um, and here's a, here's a triggering thing. I always yeah. say that people, people don't always like me. Okay. So I hope, I hope your listeners will, I know I can be a bit much, but uh, when, when people are, throwing all this money into research uh, into cure autism and cure ADHD and everything I always I tell them like look at the state of the world today the world is run is run in in majority by uh, more or less neurotypicals I, I you know yeah. why why are we the problem yeah <laughs> right right mm -hmm. put put your money elsewhere there's so much we could do <sighs> instead uh, because the world is um, it's, it's, it's somewhat sad place at times to look at, actually, if yeah. we're going to be completely honest. It's a mess. It's a mess. Mm. And I'm not saying we're better or anything. I'm not like doing the elitist um, 
I am autistic, I'm better than you kind of thing. Right. Just saying, yeah. like, there's so much other things we could focus on and throwing yeah. money at than right. curing yeah. this. Right. There is um, a world hunger still. And the fact that we don't, we know so much about like the biomechanical of the muscles and yeah. bones, we know yeah. hardly little about the brain yeah. in general. Right? So we could be just spending our time and money in other avenues instead of nitpicking battles to kind of further differences instead of just understanding yeah these work yeah. period this obsession of all having us all in the same box mm-hmm. yeah and this I think there's also and I don't know if you find this in Sweden too if this is a a culturally neutral thing but there's definitely this environment or this culture around having a quick fix for everything oh. <laughs> right mm-hmm. And if something can't be fixed with a pill or a six-week program, right, then we're not interested. When you're looking at neurodiversity, something that is a lifelong journey of self-discovery and, and understanding and undoing of, mm-hmm. of learning, um, that's not really too appealing for people in our in our country, in our culture, to mm-hmm. think that, like, I not and it's not I don't think based out of laziness it's just this culture of where we can get anything on demand quickly mm-hmm. and that's what we've become accustomed to so this idea of like but if there's just a pill I can take or if I can just drop my kid off this one therapy and they'll be better mm-hmm. let's do that yeah I hear you I feel there's a higher acceptance in Sweden um actually we are known as one of the more progressive friendly countries when it comes to mm-hmm. being neurodivergent, being trans, being um, homosexual mm-hmm. or what have you. Yeah. Uh, we have a lot of laws that protect minority groups. We don't have the same um, unemployment rate that you guys have. Mm-hmm. Right. We have a lot. We had a lot of special programs. We are protected by law. You cannot uh, fire uh, an autistic person for asking for accommodations, uh, for example, and stuff like that. So yeah, I don't. We are not focusing on the quick fixes in in that way. Mm. We are focusing on having a cohabitation. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, some something I don't like though that we have in Sweden is that we are like a super inclusive country to that point where we don't allow home studying. Uh, school is for mm. everyone everyone should be able to go to school everyone should fit in in schools but they're taking it a bit too far because uh, some autistic kids and some ADHD kids especially if we have like introverted practical ADHD or autistic kid might not actually fit in the school model mm-hmm. uh, and they struggle so I wish there were more school options for us here They t- so they took mm. the inclusivity too far mm-hmm. Um, but they, they mean well. It, it's a nice country to be in. It's a safe country to be in. Uh, yeah. if, you, if you belong to a minority group. Mm-hmm. It is. Mm. You know, that is, that I guess is something that is both good and bad about being in like a free market country like we are and that mm. we can very we can do pretty much whatever the heck we want, but that also means that there's not a lot of support and oversight for minority groups. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, I, I don't have much to, to say about that. I don't have a formulated thought, but I was just thinking about that. I'm like, yeah, yeah that's, that's something good. I guess there's a little bit more ability to individualize, but there's not really the 
the culture or the value placed um, to really make much of that. It's just kind of like, oh, it's there. Mm-hmm. You can, but good luck. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, a progress. It's a progress. Yeah, if you have the re- the select few that have the resources, resources. to do that. Yeah, yeah. Saying, it comes from a sense of privilege that a lot of people don't necessarily have. Like, yeah. Especially how the state of the world is at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, you know, we didn't actually ask any of the questions that we had. Oh, I'm sorry. No, but you know what? You answered all literally all of them, even though we didn't explicitly ask them. Um, but I do want to explicitly ask this one because I think it's really important to highlight. Mm-hmm. Um, so our third question was, um, what are some of your strengths or things that you like about yourself? And I've heard some indirect wow. things, but I want you to really think <laughs> about that and share. I'm just oh, I'm smiling so big because I'm not. I'm. I, I guess I. I don't think I'm a very modest person. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I do like. I do like. I like the sensory issues. I actually is in somewhat kind of like. I can. Um. What's that English word for that? When you can't. No, I can't find that. Uh, when you're not able to filter out things, you can al- also always pick up on things. And that can be a great strength in like social communities, in the workplace, uh, when you're helping others. I do like that I have a pattern-based brain. If you want information or solutions, I can help you really fast, really fast. People call me the librarian or they call me Google 2.0. So that's nice. <laughs> I feel... The alexithymia is a strength. People tend to pity me and they're like, oh, you don't you don't feel as much. And I'm like, no, but I can actually in some ways help people more than people that are emotionally connected because I won't go down that rabbit hole with you. I will stand there with you. I will be strong in a crisis and I will be like a brick wall that you can lean on, right? Um, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um. So that are some of the strengths, I guess. Um, think outside, thinking outside of the box, mm-hmm. inside the yeah. box, outside the box. That's mm-hmm. a good thing. Oh, I have a whole list. <laughs> oh God, I love that. It's, it's... I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm so great. No, <laughs> you are. You really are. And it's so good to hear a voice of someone who does think highly of themselves because usually when especially people are trying to find their identity it comes from like we go to the doctors because it comes from this almost negative place of why can't I do this why is this really the fact that you literally have a list of I can do all (laughs) really cool freaking things yeah Yeah, I'm trying to take I don't like the word superpower right because I feel that has been down to death I hate it yeah Yeah. Uh, Yeah. but I do like taking my traits and looking at them and like how can I use this in the best way? What can yeah. I? What can I? What can I do with this? Mm-hmm. And I feel the gaslighting starts at home, and like you said, in the doctor's office, because it's always this: what are you going to remove? And I am mm-hmm. more like, no. What am I going to improve? Or what am I going to do mm-hmm. with it? Mm-hmm. There's no removing here because I can't. That would just tire me out. It would. Autistic burnout is a real thing. Yeah. Uh, and the more you struggle with not being you, the more tired you will get. And I'm tired of being tired. I had enough. Mm. I love that. Tired of being tired. I love that so much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Man. Oh, yeah. Like, I can't, I like, for example, I can't sleep. A lot of us can't sleep. Melatonin, what is that? I don't know. So I got a nighttime job. Oh, there right? you go. I, I work nights. Mm-hmm. I know this is not easy for everyone, right? But do the best you can. Yeah. Do the best you can with, with the things you have and don't let people tell you otherwise. If you, for yourself, want to say, like, I don't like this about myself or I can't do this, I found that this is a struggle, that is fine. But mm-hmm. don't let other people tell that mm. to you, if you get what I mean. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> I... <laughs> this has been amazing it really it really has exceeded all expectations I I didn't I don't even know what we were signing ourselves up for when when, way back when we we scheduled this with you and we didn't even really have a podcast at that point so to have this kind of interview um, is really very powerful and I'm very grateful for your time and your expertise and your grace with it all. Um, oh, thank you. I'm very grateful to you. Oh. And thank you for inviting me. Of oh, course, of course. I, yes, I, I feel like I'm going to pull a Rachel, but is there any last minute things that you're like, I just really have to tell people or want people yeah. to know about? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. There's so much things. No, I don't think so. I, I, I think I covered a lot, but I just want to tell the the, the community out there, our, our community. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a safe space. And my DMs are always open for everyone. I'm awake, like, most of the times. If you need anything, if you have any questions, if you just need a friend or someone that will listen to you, need advice, solutions, or, I don't know, genetics... <laughs> yeah just come on and ask me i i will be there i will do this journey with you Uh if you want to thank you for providing a safe space for people do you mind sharing your tag then for people to come find you oh yeah i i'm on uh, tiktok i'm icons neuro creations and on all other platforms i'm just icons creations that's it i love it thank you so much for I, I don't know what time it is over there, but it's pretty much nighttime for you, right? Almost eight, right? Yeah, it's almost eight here. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, it sounds like that's early for I, you. I live in the future. <laughs> You're in the future. Yes. Oh, yes. How, is it? <laughs> How is it later today? It's so nice. So beautiful. <laughs> we actually, we're having beautiful weather right now. It's between spring and summer. You would love it. It's oh. so nice outside. It's very beautiful international trip we're going i know it's um you would be so welcome mm-hmm. yeah like i i honestly mean that if you ever want to come over and visit my my mika says oh we can come have pika <laughs> yeah i know about yes pika yes. and summer solstice yeah <laughs> oh, i love that i love that that's so great yeah i have a lot of pika <laughs> we like we like pika too we just don't call it that it's not as <laughs> but we love i know it. i know such a big thing here <laughs> is there anything more you want to address before we go i think i i think we could go on for seven hours and maybe that means we have to do <laughs> another another podcast yep. where we talk about another specific thing that would be fun an, an info dump session because be i know really you have dump. all the neuroscience background too which mm-hmm. we can go in for yeah before. yeah i'd love that mm-hmm. well this has been super fun yeah thank you again for accommodating my non-camera needs 
Of course. Thank you for advocating. Mm -hmm. And we will see you on TikTok very soon. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much. Have a good one. You too. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Neurodivergent Voices. Interested in the interview? Email divergecs at gmail.com to get it scheduled. If you've been enjoying Neurodivergent Voices and want to support this kind of work moving forward, please go to divergecommunity.com and check out our membership options as well as our monthly webinars. When you subscribe to Neurodivergent Voices, rate it and share it with friends. More people get access to it. So thanks for doing that.